5: See, there's the
3: difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You
5: can't be Black-owned media and be
3: scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You
5: dig? It's Thursday, June 9th, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Streaming live on the Black Star Network. Breaking news out of Maryland. Another mass shooting at a business. Three people are dead. So is the gunman. We'll give the details on that particular story. Out of Michigan. Prosecutors are charging a Grand Rapids police officer with second-degree murder for shooting Congolese immigrant Patrick Loyola in the back of the head during a routine traffic stop. Uh, in Houston. Police say attorney Ben Crump lied about the gunshot wound of Jalen Randall, the one that he suffered from a cop. Crump actually represents his family as well as the Lyola family. The U.S. Justice Department, they're launching an investigation to Louisiana's state police as more evidence shows the agency turned a blind eye to troopers beating black men, including the deadly 2019 arrest of Ronald Green will preview tonight's primetime January 6th hearing that Democrats say will be explosive and show America exactly what happened when domestic terrorists tore apart the U.S. Capitol trying to overturn the 2020 election. In the House, they passed a resolution condemning the Great Replacement Theory. 205 Republicans vote against it. And a California businessman is suing the U.S. Postal Service after it seized shipments a face mask bearing black lives matter slogans. We'll talk to him and his attorney. Folks, it is time to bring the funk. I'm roland Martin unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever
6: the he's on it. Whatever it is.
5: All right, folks breaking news out of maryland where three people are dead one person injured uh, when a shooting took place at the smithsburg manufacturing facility uh the uh, first of all uh, law enforcement officials are still uh p- putting together details of exactly what took place again this is a factory uh in maryland uh where again three people were actually uh wounded the suspect was shot Uh, at the scene uh, of this particular crime. And so it has been quite a uh, a busy day. We've had numerous mass shootings in this country uh, for the last uh, few weeks. Of course, there was Buffalo, there was Uvalde, Texas, and there were shootings that took place in other parts of the country as well. Uh, All of this is happening while Congress uh, is uh, doing what they're doing when it comes to, uh, or actually not doing anything when it comes to gun control. The House uh, they've actually done their part. Unfortunately, uh, we are not seeing uh, we're not seeing the uh, Senate actually move on that as well. And so again, uh, what what actually took place uh, there? Again, three people uh, have been killed, four others wounded uh, in this particular uh, shooting uh, in Maryland. So we'll give you more details uh, as they become uh, available. As I said, police were shot. Uh, police say. Suspect was shot at the scene. This is a photo from the uh, New York Post here, uh, shows you the facility uh, there uh, where the shooting actually took place. Uh, Again, three people are dead, uh, four people are wounded. Uh, Also dead is the shooter as well. Uh, Folks, uh, we continue to see lack uh, of leadership uh, in Congress when it comes to Uh, gun control when it comes to legislation. What we're seeing is that we're seeing a failure of Republicans uh, to stand up and do anything about uh, guns in this country. Now, supposedly, they are negotiating with Senator John Cornyn and others, but the reality is uh, don't expect uh, the Senate to take up the bill that was actually passed in the House. Uh, The House passed a bill uh, that would raise the age uh, to uh, 21, to be able to purchase a gun. Now, uh, Mitt Romney, a senator from Utah, uh, he has actually come out and said that he is in favor of doing that. But remember, you still need uh, those 60 votes, those 60 votes in the Senate to get anything done because you have two Democrats who will not end the filibuster. Uh, And so uh, this is a story that is in Politico. Conservatives lay off Senate gun negotiations. Uh, They're sort of laying low not blasting anything to they see what actually happens again the house has already passed their particular bill uh but uh the senate is not expected to pass that particular bill i want to bring up my panel right now uh to talk about this because uh, again what what we continue to see uh, in this country Uh, we're seeing a failure of leadership. Here's Dr. Larry Walker, assistant professor, University of Central Florida, Reese Colbert, founder of Black Women Views, and Dr. Greg Carr, Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University. Um, uh, President Joe Biden was on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, where they talked for about 20-plus minutes, and uh, this is what Biden had to say about whether he would use executive orders uh, to deal with guns. There have been, what, 27 shootings at schools? But I guess I mean just to get into it. Why haven't we done anything about this?
4: Well, I think uh, a lot of it's intimidation uh, by the NRA. And the, look, this is not your father's Republican Party. This is a, a MAGA party. It's a very different, a, a very different Republican Party. And uh, and so you find people who uh, are worried. I believe that if they vote for rational gun policy, they're going to be primaried and they're going to they're going to lose in a hard right Republican primary.
7: You an executive order. Trump passed those out like Halloween candy. Yes, sir. I it, well, it I did. Isn't that something that could happen?
4: Well, I, I, I have issued executive orders within the power of the presidency to be able to deal with these, everything having to do with guns, gun ownership, whether or not you have to have a waiting, all, all the things are within my power. But what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution. And constitutional authority, and, and so, and I mean that sincerely. Because I often get asked, "Look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square?" Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy.
5: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not a joke. All right. That sounds fine, Reese, But in reality, what we are seeing are Republicans in Congress who backed up what Trump did when he was in the White House. And so they wield power. They wield it.
8: Period. And you know what, Roland, I would disagree with you when you say that the Republicans are failing to lead. They are leading. The problem is their leading is obstructing any kind of progress and actually radicalizing this, in country, this country by rolling back rights, rolling back protections in every single state that they control. This is not a hypothetical situation. They are racking up wins after win. So Republicans totally excel at leadership. The problem is they are just at odds with what everybody, what well, a majority of this country leads. And so that's what the Democrats have to realize. This is not inaction. This is obstruction that we're dealing with. And I don't believe that they're scared of the NRA. This is their failsafe. Republicans have been for decades leading up to this moment. They are preparing for a time where their 99 percent white uh, voting electorate is going to be the minority in this country. And so they're doing everything in their power to disenfranchise, to gerrymander, to take away as many rights as possible, to pack the courts. They did that with Trump and McConnell. And all we're doing right now is playing defense, playing catch-up, and trying to stop the bleeding. And unfortunately, we just aren't being as forceful enough as we should be. I understand the limits of presidential power, but it rings a little hollow when you talk about our democracy dying. If you do what Trump did, our democracy is already dying. It's dead for many people in many, in many states. In Louisiana, they have to redraw the map. But guess what? In Florida, their map stands. That has taken away two black districts. And so I definitely challenge the notion that there is some nobility in, in trying to keep up the norms when the Republicans have said to hell with it. We are going to the walls. We're going to pull out every stop until we're back in power completely. And when we are back in power, you can kiss this whole thing called democracy goodbye, what we have called democracy, because that's really what it is. It's just a label at this point instead of a real institution. And so Wake up! Wake up to the situation. If you have an executive order and it gets batted down, so be it. Deal with it when it comes. But this, this, this lack of ability to push the envelope is going to just continue to 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 rack up more losses and further disillusion people who are looking to the Democrats to do something. And you can you can explain the nitty gritty about civics and this power and this branch and that branch, but that message is not resonating with the with the with the large swath of this country that you need to turn out in the polls in November
5: Larry recently mentioned Florida and that particular point there uh, where Governor Ron DeSantis said the hell with, with what the uh, legislature was doing he would he would uh, draw his own maps Republicans control the Supreme Court there and so you're Republicans that control the legislature and so when you control all the levels of power you can do what you want and we see the Florida Supreme Court said yes uh, his districts will stand his maps will stand
9: yeah, well, and the interesting thing about that ruling is it's inconsistent with the state constitution. But, you know, Reese talked about, you know, in terms of power play, and you, uh, you referenced it before, it really doesn't matter what laws have been passed previously. This is strictly a power play. So you talked about what's, hap- you know, obviously happening in Florida and the current map and essentially negating a black congressional district. And then, obviously, we continue to extend and talk about the lack of effort um, particularly obviously in the Senate in terms of you know try to identify try to hopefully identify some kind of comprehensive bill that addresses the issues of, of mass of these mass shootings in the United States. but I'm not hopeful anything is going to happen. I also want to connect it to, to to what President Biden talked about in that in that TV interview and I've said before about that he's often too nostalgic and he needs to really put some you know put his own put on some boots and really get to work enforcing folks to do the work that needs to be done. He talked about not trampling on the Constitution. And no one's asking him to do that. But what they want to do is see is, you know, since the beginning of his presidency, is more, more of a sense of urgency. And obviously, he gave a, you know, he gave a speech uh, last week, which is important. But we really need to see the whole, whole the, the you know, Congress members, not members of Congress, members of the Senate hold their feet to the fire in terms of passing comprehensive gun reform. Because what we'll do, Roland, every week when we come together We'll be having these conversations about these mass shootings. Obviously, the one you described in Maryland just happened within the last hour and a half or so. But this is tiring, and we need the work to get done. Also, let's be re- remember that we have an election in November, and President Biden's poll numbers are in the tank. And we are likely to see a switch in the House some changes in the Senate. So we really need to get something done, like I said a few minutes ago. We re- he really needs the whole, you know, and obviously Republicans, but also Democrats, the two Democrats you described, to change the filibuster so we can get some work done, not only in terms of gun reform, but obviously in terms of passing the John Lewis Act. Well,
5: uh, here's the thing here, uh, uh, Greg, to, to, to Larry's point. Uh, Biden keeps talking about, oh, this is not the Republican, you know, your dad's Republican Party, your grandfather's Republican Party. Guess what? You better be living in 2022. So, again, there's this hearkening back to what it used to be, that is gone. It is gone. I mean, it's sort of like when somebody's uh, wife or husband leaves them and you're like, yo, they ain't coming back. And you can sit here and flip through uh, albums and look at pictures and old videos, but that life you had, that's gone. And so it, it seems that, you know, Biden is still sort of hoping that something magical and mystical happens uh, to where it returns. And even before Trump got there, the Freedom Caucus was there. Before that, the Tea Party was there. It ain't been the, that Republican Party when he was the vice president for Obama. So, uh, bro, that was 2009. It's been 13 years. You might want to wake the hell up.
3: That's right. Yeah, and before all of them, the Spanish came. Before that, the English came. Before that, it was George Washington. Before, In other words, there was never a time we shouldn't be looking backward at all. This is a violent... Enterprise. While these folk were being shot and several of them killed in Maryland, about seventy-five miles north of, uh, of Baltimore, near the Pennsylvania border, uh, we were taping um, a, a Juneteenth edition of the Black Table with Gerald Horn. You know, our brother Gerald Horn, who is just—I don't know how he does it—just produced a six-hundred-page book called "The Counter Revolution of 1836," where he's talking about Texas. He opens the book with a long discussion of violence with the attempt to exterminate all the indigenous people of the place and to enslave Africans way past June 19th, 1865. Now, what does it have to do with what we're talking about right now? It has everything to do with what we're talking about right now, because what the White Nationalist Party doesn't uh, grasp, because they don't really look at history, is that they can pass all these laws. And I think Reese just gave us a very succinct and brilliant layout of what's going on. But there are unintended consequences. What the hell do you think is going to happen when you rip up any notion of legal protections? The Supreme Court is getting ready to overturn a New York state law that's over a century old that's going to make it very easy to walk around in New York City with guns. And when that happens, California is going to be faced with an issue. There are about seven states, Maryland is one of them, that have strict gun control laws that are going to be attacked after the Supreme Court does its work that PAC Supreme Court that Reese just talked about. Now, California is one of those states. There are about 120,000 Californians with concealed carry permits. But you know where most of those people are. San Bernardino, Shasta, Fresno, Orange, Sacramento, and Kern counties. And you got law enforcement officials there, because it's up to the discretion of law enforcement officials to give it give out those, those permits, who are handing out applications to people to apply. L.A., in L.A. County, which is about a quarter of the population in California, they have less than half of 1 percent of all the concealed carry permits. And there are two, two, according to a recent New York Times article, in the whole city of San Francisco. Now, what does that have to do with all what we're talking about? There's a culture of violence here. Hmm. The culture of violence says exterminate anyone who doesn't look like you to protect whiteness. That is the history of Texas and, in many ways, the history of the whole criminal enterprise called the United States of America. When they consolidate power, and the White Nationalist Party has done that, I mean, we see that feckless ghoul out of Kentucky saying that you must protect Brett Kavanaugh at all costs. Damn those children in day, And, you know, yes. hey, yes. I, I'm very happy about that because, you see, what is happening at this point is they think somehow that the rest of us respect the law more than they do. That is a mm. tragic mistake. If... No one else understands power in this country. It's black Americans. So the minute you take away all of the barriers to prevent people from getting guns, guess who will then say, well, let me go get my gun. It ain't gonna be them white people that already got them in them five uh, counties in California I already talked about. It's gonna be them cats that say, I don't know about politics, but all I know is I gotta protect myself. Well, I should say one other thing. I-, I spent the morning with some students from Minneapolis and St. Paul, some high school students who are in town. And I had my mask on. And I asked them, is Minnesota safe? Because you we were talking about, you know, Mayor Locke and George Floyd. And one of the young uh, uh, guys said, is middle school safe? Then they all started laughing because they couldn't hear me through the mask. But that opened up a conversation. You know how terrified young people are in this country right now of loud sounds, of arguments they hear going on. And they talked about how they don't feel safe in this country. Well, guess what? How long before the parents of those young people say we don't feel safe, so maybe we should start shooting first since the police shoot first? Unintended consequences. You're not going to win what you think you win by ignoring the rest of us.
5: Uh, Mm -hmm. Indeed. Folks, got to go to break. We come back. We're going to talk about the case out of Michigan where a cop being charged with second-degree murder. He's already turned himself into authorities. Uh, That and more on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, uh, download the Black Star Network app available on all platforms. Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also, please join our Bring the Funk fan club with every dollar you give goes to support our show. Uh, We're asking 20,000 of our fans on an annual basis uh, to give a minimum of 50 bucks. That's $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day. Some give less, some give more. We appreciate every dollar. Uh, Checks and money orders can go to PO Box 57196 Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal is RM Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Uh, and, of course, Zell is rolling at RolandSmartin.com, Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Let me shout out Ann Williams, David uh, uh, Ronald Pierce, uh, Lazelle Thomas-Connors, Cordell, uh, Angie, also known as Mocha Mima, uh, and William Smith. Uh, Donald Rush, Donald White, uh, Lanita, uh, Lynn Rita Farmer uh, for Jeffrey Carter and Zelma Hale for their contributions uh, to our Brina Funk fan club. We'll be right back.
10: to the launch of the Mass Poor People's Low-Wage Assembly and Mara March on Washington, D.C., June 18, 2022. We are a new unsettling force
1: and we are powerful.
11: A new unsettling force and we are here. We're rising up to demonstrate the compelling power that we, poor and low-income people, have. To reconstruct society from the bottom up. And we need to do it with the loudest voices possible, the biggest actions possible. Because we
2: know that there is no scarcity in this land. The only scarcity is the moral will to do what's right.
1: We are those with sub minimum wage jobs who can't afford sky high rent. People with disabilities are the fastest
11: growing minority group. It's crazy to me that in 2021 it's still legal for workplaces to pay a sub minimum wage to people with disabilities. There are still so much trial and tribulations that
8: we go through as Indigenous people. We can't get a decent wage to sustain ourselves,
2: nor can we get adequate housing. Veterans across this nation say enough is enough. We can't pat essential workers on the back on one day and then cut their health care the next day.
6: Health is a political choice.
5: What more do I need to do to prove that my voice is just as valuable as anyone else's?
7: There are still forces in denial that would try to slow walk our transition to a clean economy and a just future for us all. We have an immoral system
12: run by moral people.
1: But together, we walk, and we walk and we fight. It's time for a change! Reconstruyamos esta gran nacion!
4: See, we are people of resilience as we fight
1: these interlocking injustices together. When we work together, mobilize together,
6: and rise together, we become a voice for the voiceless, and we become an agent of change in a time where great change is needed.
11: We need the third Reconstruction to ensure that deaf people, people with disabilities, and all people can have the right to live and to thrive.
10: We know what they are doing. But the question is, what are we going to do? Reconstruction begins when we change our mentality and say, it's time for you to get
12: your foot off of my neck.
2: He does matter, dang it.
5: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. E- Uh, the <laughs> district attorney in uh, uh, Michigan today uh, announced uh, charges for a cop uh, who killed Congolese immigrant Patrick Lyola, Kent County, Michigan, prosecutor Chris Becker is charging the white officer uh, with second-degree murder. Now, folks, remember, Lioa was shot in the head uh, during a routine traffic stop. Uh, we showed you the video. We had his family members on. Uh, And again, that was a scuffle there when Loyola tried to step away. This took place in April. Uh, The prosecutor announced the charges today against Grand Rapids officer Christopher Schur, weeks after this took place.
2: Uh, Detective Sergeant Aaron Tubergen uh, really did an excellent job. Uh, He's done everything I requested of him, even though some of the follow up. And so it's made a difficult situation, obviously a a little bit easier to have a a partner that you can work with. Uh, Based on his investigation, based on everything he has provided to me, I've made the decision to charge Christopher Schur with one count of second degree murder. Uh, Second degree murder is a felony offense, is punishable by up to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Um, As it stands now, this is merely an allegation and as with any defendant, he is presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. The elements of secondary murder are relatively simple. First, there was a death, a death done by the defendant, and then when the killing occurred, the defendant had one of these three states of mind, an intent to kill, an intent to do great bodily harm, or the intent to do an act that the natural tendency of that act would be to cause death or great bodily harm. And finally, that the death was not justified or excused, for example, by self-defense. Taking a look at everything that I reviewed in this case, I believe there's a sufficient basis to proceed on a single count of second-degree murder, and that charge has been filed uh, with the courts as of today.
5: Um, it is always uh, surprising uh, to us, Greg, when this actually happens, because oftentimes um, you know, district attorneys uh, look out for police. And and I keep saying this, for all these people out here, and I I see these people post stuff on social media, in chat rooms and others, uh, man, all this marching and protesting, all this stuff does not mean anything. I can guarantee you the fact that we have seen in the past several years, an increase in police officers who are being charged with murder, who are going to trial, is a direct result of people going to the streets and demanding accountability.
3: You're absolutely right, Roland. Um, For anyone uh, who may have incidentally seen some of the testimony in recent weeks before the Grand Rapids, uh, their equivalent of the city council, it's been quite striking. Citizens of all backgrounds, all races and cultures, I watched this young, this teenage uh, young lady who was at the microphone testifying with a number of her classmates behind her she happened to be of african descent but there were a number of students behind her who were not and they blistered that city council i mean blistered it and so you know if anyone can say well that doesn't make any difference oh no you, you just go look at some of that testimony go look at some of the people said they said we're, we're fed up we're not going to have it anymore in 2017 that grand Rapids police department handcuffed an 11 year old at gunpoint Later on they uh, had five teenagers at gunpoint as well during that same year and in 2020 they shot a pro one somebody shot a protester one of the cops pater shot a protester in the face with a gas canister now is that is that outlying behavior no the patter have license of kill to kill and they will hunt. Now, you know, the prosecutor in this case, certainly the charge is there. Any reasonable finder of fact should be able to convict that person, but we know the pattern may get off. But the point you're making is the point to be made. These people will move as more and more of us move to end this. I would encourage people to go look at some of that testimony before the Grand Rapids uh, City Council.
5: You know, this is why, um, again, um, you know, uh, Larry, we talk about Uh, pressure. We talk about why that is important. Uh, You know, it it was very interesting uh, uh, seeing this here where uh, you had, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy on on the floor of the U.S. House uh, yelling and screaming for Democrats uh, to do something about uh, a bill that Senator John Cornyn um, put forth dealing with security uh, for uh, U.S. Supreme Court justices. And uh, the thing that I found to be interesting was um, hmm, you're demanding people move now, but you had no sense of urgency to, to protect citizens from cops with the George Floyd Justice Act. You're demanding people move now to provide security for nine Supreme Court justices, but you're blocking gun legislation. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm going to play this and I want you to comment on that. Listen to this, y'all. Let me see. Um, Let me go ahead and get this uh, reconnected Uh, because it's just been so striking uh, listening uh, to these folks. Go ahead. Now you should play it now.
3: House Democrats are leaving today. They want to leave for a long weekend. They gave tomorrow back. I spoke to the majority leader this morning. I told him nobody on this side would object a unanimous consent. He could run that bill on the floor right now and send it to the president so we could protect the Supreme Court. How many times do they have to be threatened? How many people have to be arrested with a gun outside their home? What would have happened had he not called 9-11? He didn't just have a gun. He had zip ties. But somehow you want to leave. This bill could be on the president's desk right now.
5: And so could so could the George Floyd Justice Act had House Republicans not voted against it, had the city not blocked it.
9: So let's give uh, let's give him an Oscar, because that's all that is just performance. Listen, when Black folks were killed in Buffalo, I didn't see McCarthy go to the House floor and demand that we pass that we do something about the white supremacists that killed all those black folks in for fact comprehensive
5: in, gun reform. In fact, most Republicans voted against all but one Republican voted against the bill to deal with domestic terrorism that was passed after the Buffalo shooting. Including Ken McCarthy. It,
9: and 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 that's the message. Right? We care about Supreme Court justices, but we don't care about the lives of children killed in Texas, of black folks killed in Buffalo. So we see where the priorities lie. Yes, obviously, and I understand the importance of raising the concerns regarding the Supreme Court justices, but the bottom line is, Roland, we just had another mass shooting today in Maryland. So what is McCarthy prepared to do about the lives throughout the United States that have been impacted by gun violence? Obviously not just mass shootings, but we see other um, elements of violence, gun violence in in communities throughout the United States. What is he, what's the plan? This is all showboating because obviously like you said, Rowan, when it comes to you know, when it came to Republicans having the opportunity to um, highlight that white supremacy is not is not something they believe in or support, they didn't do it. When they had an opportunity to support comprehensive gun reform, they didn't do it. So once again, we see where the priorities lie for not only McCarthy but the Republican Party. But we need, once again, this is why important to continue to apply pressure from voters to make sure that folks wake up and realize that if we don't force the Republican Party to change their perspective on guns and violence in the United States, that we'll continue to see photos of children, of various people from various backgrounds being slaughtered and then it will continue over and over again. And I am certainly, as one person, tired of seeing these montages of of lives lost.
5: And this is why, Reese, they must be confronted at every turn. This is why I believe that the families of people killed by police uh, should call uh, for their own White House meeting and should call on President Biden to tell Senator Tim Scott and Senator Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and Republican leadership to meet them there and look look them folks in the eye and explain why they have not moved on the George Floyd Justice Act. And here's the whole piece. I to- I perfectly agree with security for public officials, whether whether they are Supreme Court justices uh, or uh, leadership of the House and Senate and the White House. But how about you have the same vigor to protect American people?
8: Well, they won't have the same vigor because what they want to do is insulate themselves from the radical lurch that the Supreme Court in particular is pushing this country forward. I mean, Justice Sotomayor, in her dissent on a a, a case that was Supreme Court ruling that came out, I believe it was yesterday, talked about how the right-wing court is remaking itself and remaking America to the point to where border agents can go in without a warrant and beat the shit out of people, and you can't sue them. You have no recourse. About it, And so what Republicans understand, like Kevin McCarthy understand, the urgency they have around this is the fact that the Supreme Court is sitting on a lot of very radical decisions that they haven't released yet because the PR from it would look horrible to say that you don't have to have uh, concealed carry permits when kids are being slaughtered in schools. And when you are basically undoing any kind of protections that even the states can impose on their own citizens, the the Supreme Court is embarrassed, but they're not shamed enough to ever do the right thing. And so that's what the urgency is about here. But guess what? When you don't want to protect people around the border within 100 miles of a border, which is, I believe, 60 percent of the population was what I read, when you don't want to protect black people from getting killed by the police, when you don't want to protect children from being slaughtered in schools and and, and elders from shopping and grocery stores, then you can go to hell in a handbasket. You can be in the same boat as the rest of us. So I'm not for violence against Supreme Court justices. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But what I'm saying is, if there is a backlash, it's a backlash that you brought upon this country. And you don't get to sit in your, in your ivory tower and watch everything go to flames. You're gonna be down here in, a, in the trenches with the rest of us, dealing with the fallout.
5: Fergs, folks, uh, that particular uh, police officer, uh, as I said, uh, turned himself uh, into authorities he is set to be arraigned uh, tomorrow. Second-degree felony murder uh, is an offense punishable by up to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And so we'll certainly see what happens next. Now, Ben Crump is representing the family in that case. Uh, Now the Houston police chief is calling out Ben Crump, who is representing the family of Jalen Randall. Uh, who was shot and killed by cops there. The chief says that Crump made false claims regarding the death of Randall. Uh, Chief Troy Finner said the official autopsy results are pending, but preliminary results indicate there was one gunshot wound to the front of Randall's neck. Here's a statement uh, that they released, uh, released about the independent autopsy results being released by Crump. Uh, and then the chief says, this afternoon I met with several community leaders to brief them on false information being released regarding the fatal incident involving Mr. Randall. We respect and understand emotions and pain uh, that families uh, 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 that families who have lost loved ones go through during these investigations. Having said that, uh, the family attorney, ben, Mr. Ben Crump, who I respect as an advocate for justice, is claiming Mr. Randall was shot in the back of the head. This is a false statement. To publicly make such a false claim is irresponsible. Uh, While uh, official autopsy results are pending, preliminary results indicate there was one gunshot wound to the front of Mr. Randall's neck. Uh, Mr. Crump and his team have publicly stated and used a diagram to indicate the gunshot wound was to the back of Mr. Randall's neck. While this is only one component of a comprehensive investigation, it is necessary to correct the misinformation. Uh, I take everyone in our community to not rush to judgment and wait for the investigations to be complete. Now, um, we did uh, reach out today to, to have, uh, try to get Ben Crump uh, on uh, today's show, uh, but uh, unable to, uh, to book him, and so we certainly uh, will continue to do that uh, to try to reach him. Uh, I actually will uh, be uh, in Los Angeles tomorrow uh, with Ben Crump. Uh, and his organization uh, because they have their uh, Equal Justice uh, Now Awards taking place tomorrow. uh, uh, There are a number of people who are going to be honored, uh, and I am one of those folks who will be honored uh, with their Excellence in Broadcast Journalism Awards. And so, uh, yeah, I'll be talking to Ben tomorrow, so uh, hopefully we will get uh, his reaction uh, to this. Now, the Randall family says they want the officer who pulled the trigger to be indicted, to be indicted. Now, this is also the statement that the Randall's released. Shortly after Jalen was killed, we spoke directly to emergency medical professionals who told us that Jalen was shot in the back of the neck. Randall's parents said in the statement, the funeral home director told us specifically that there was no bullet wound in the front of the neck, only the back. As a family, we have been trying to find peace since Jalen was killed. It is extremely difficult to find peace when the very people who executed Jalen are seeking to discredit us and the people who have been helping us advocate. And so... Uh, again, we will uh, be following this story uh, through its uh, conclusion. All right, folks, uh, got to go to a break. We come back. The Department of Justice, uh, they are launching an investigation into the Louisiana State Police. Uh, for their actions when it comes to the killing uh, of black men, uh, including including Ronald Green. We'll tell you that and show you some of that news conference today by the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division. Uh, again, folks, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, hit that like button. We want to easily pass 1,000 likes. Also, we want you to download our, our app. Our goal is to get 50,000 downloads. We want to hit 100,000 downloads by the end of the year. Uh, and so this is our ability to control our own destiny. I keep telling you, YOU. It's one thing for us to stream this show on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch uh, or on uh, Instagram, but it's different when we actually own the product ourselves. And so that's really what our goal is in building up the Black Start Network. And so, of course, you can download it on all devices, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, If you wanna support us with our Breena Funk fan club, you can do so check and money orders to PO Box 57196, Washington, D.C two zero zero three seven dash zero one nine six cash at the Dallas and RM unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin unfiltered. Venmo is RM unfiltered. Zell is rolling at Roland Martin dot at Roland Martin unfiltered.com. Let me shout out to folks uh, uh, who did uh, send uh, checks in uh, Payne Thomas. We certainly appreciate it. Donald Nash Jr. Thank you so very much. Uh, let me uh, also uh, thank here Melanie Tittle. She actually sends us a check every single month uh, from her bank accounts and Melanie, I appreciate that. Uh, we have um, Baron Harper, Baron, uh, and uh, Baron put uh, on his check. sees truth be told. Uh, so, Baron, we appreciate that uh, as well. Uh, George Daniels, thank you so very much. J.B. Bond, we appreciate uh, your check as well. Uh, let's see here, Murrow uh, Lucky, thank you so very much uh, for your cashier's check. Thomas Lee Shearer Jr., uh, thank you so very much. Deborah Morris, uh, Ralph. Uh, we appreciate uh, that uh, as well. And then uh, Dora uh, Saverin. Dora, I appreciate it as well. I'm going to read uh, some of your cards uh, in the next break, folks. Thanks a bunch. Uh, we'll be right back on Rolling Martin Unfiltered on the Black Shark Network.
6: On a next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you. We all have moments where we have struggles, and on this week's show, our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you, why you should never stop giving and serving others on a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network.
7: We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Hey, everybody, it's your man
10: for Inham. I'm Dion Cole, you're watching. Roland
6: Martin, unfiltered.
10: Stay woke.
5: The U.S. Justice Department, Civil Rights Division, they're opening a sweeping civil rights investigation into the Louisiana State Police. Assistant Attorney General Christian Clark made the announcement earlier this morning.
1: There are other reports of unwarranted force after pursuits involving the use of tasers and blows to the head. Our investigation will be thorough and comprehensive. This marks the first statewide pattern or practice investigation of a law enforcement agency that the Justice Department has opened in more than two decades. The investigation will also involve unprecedented cooperation among the Civil Rights Division and all three United States Attorney's Offices. The goal is to promote transparency and accountability which ultimately will increase public trust. I'll note that this investigation marks the 75th investigation of a law enforcement agency conducted since Congress entrusted the Department of Justice and only the Department of Justice with the authority to conduct pattern or practice investigations of law enforcement agencies. We take this responsibility seriously. Every American regardless of race, has the right to constitutional policing. And we know constitutional policing is necessary to ensure public trust and to enhance public safety. <clears throat> we-
5: now, the investigation comes amid mounting evidence that the agency has looked the other way in the face of beatings of primarily black men, including the 2009 uh, deadly arrest of Ronald Green, the announcement of a pattern or practice probe comes more than three years after white troopers were captured on long withheld body camera video beating, stunning, and dragging Green on a rural roadside near Monroe, Louisiana. No one has been charged in the case. Um, Mona Harton, Ronald Green's mother, will be on the show tomorrow. This is something that, Reese, a number of groups have been calling for this investigation. Uh, Normally what happens when things happen on local level, they call in the state police, but in this case, uh, they can't trust the state police. The governor has been uh, interrogated in terms of when he was made aware of this particular case. They initially told Ronald Green's family that he died in a car accident, and the truth came out. We've seen story after story, Uh, but uh, again, let me say why elections matter for all the people out there uh, who keep uh, posting nonsensical stuff saying oh black people have not gotten this and Biden has not done that let me remind everybody who runs their mouth and who listens to idiotic people on social media uh, who were saying that Biden is the same as Donald Trump and that is this the Trump administration made it clear they do not they do not want to investigate police departments. They made it clear they did not want uh, to look into them because they said it was hurting the morale of police. And you Mm -hmm. have seen more and more, uh, more and more examples uh, coming out of uh, the Civil Rights Division, now led by Christian Clark, of this administration holding correctional officers, holding police departments uh, accountable, Mm -hmm. uh, and holding individuals who who commit uh, hate crimes. We've seen people who have been charged, folks who have been convicted. And so the reality is this, there's no doubt in my mind that if a Republican were president was were sitting in the White House, you would not have this announcement today.
8: Oh, 100%. So shout out to Kristen Clark. She's been doing a really... Phenomenal job. And, you know, I remember a lot of these representation doesn't matter kind of debates people had, people where there was white progressives or black people aligned with the white progressives. But I think Kristen Clark is a prime example of why it matters that we have somebody like us who's for us and by us in this position. This is the actual fifth pattern and practice investigation that's that's been launched by the Department of Justice, they are doing one on Minneapolis. They've done, they've launched one on uh, on Phoenix, Mount Vernon, New York, uh, Louisville, and now we have Louisiana. And the thing that's um, really rare about this is this is the first statewide pattern and practice investigation in over two decades. So this is not something that's very common. And you know that happened that that uh,
5: looks like. Uh, looks like Reese froze. Reese, you still there?
8: Yeah. Can you hear me now?
5: Now nah, we got you. Go ahead. You froze there. Go ahead.
8: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was saying that this is the first time they're doing a statewide investigation in two decades.
5: All right. We're having some issues with Reese's connection. Let me go to Larry. Listen, Roland. I was after I was in
9: Baltimore after Freddie Gray's murder, and obviously they had the uh, pattern of practice um, investigative probe and eventually signed a a decree with with the city of Baltimore. And I think one of the things in terms of why these investigations are important is they found in terms of their investigation that, you know, black men in Baltimore City were being stopped repeatedly and not uh, not found to have anything, you know, that was illegal. So if anything else, and like I said, I know there have been conversations about how effective these, you know, if if there's a uh, consent decree to sign, how effective they are. But I think these investigations are important because it identifies corruption, hopefully roots it out, and it will force the state of Louisiana to make changes. It shouldn't take several years after we have clear video of a black man being lynched um, on a highway for them to do anything about it. So I, I, I congratulate the OJ from doing this. And as you highlighted, Roland, they've been consistent in terms of investigating, you know, various jurisdictions that are obviously not doing what they're supposed to do in terms of making sure the uh, civil rights of citizens are being met. And once again, I think this is important. I think they, con- they should continue to do this and hold people responsible because, once again, it's tiring to consistently see Black people being, being killed on roadsides or anywhere else. And we have to finally do something about it. So these um, probes are really important. Once again, it'll provide a lot of statistics about how Black folks are disproportionately stopped in Louisiana, I found that black people make up about a third of the population, but they're twice, more than twice likely to be stopped or being got engaged in some kind of um, assault by police officers. And that's that's ridiculous. So I'm glad, like I said, this probe is going to be conducted and hopefully they'll get to the bottom of this issue.
5: And Greg, keep in mind what you heard Larry just say there, uh, it was the Trump administration, when they came in, Jeff Sessions, they wanted to get rid of that consent decree in Baltimore. And it was Baltimore that fought for it. uh, And the federal judge said, absolutely not, we're moving forward. And so, again, for the people out there who say, oh, this is no big deal. No, it is something that is important because for all of these people who say that, Guess what? You ain't speaking for Ronald Green's mama. You're not speaking for the people in these cities, in Louisville, Breonna Taylor's uh, mother uh, or her relatives. And so uh, it, it amazes me when, when I listen to these people who say, oh, uh, this is, this is uh, nothing, this is performative. Well, you ain't got a loved one who's been gunned down uh, and the cops lied to you. So uh, I don't really give a damn what you have to think.
3: <laughs> well, we're on. Let's say it is performative. Let, let's say it is performative. The video you showed with our sister Kristen Clark there, flanked by those three brothers. If if we certainly don't see what the optics are, guess who does? Every white nationalist in this country. You see, Merrick Garland is an underwhelming Attorney General, but in this case, what we're seeing here—look at those black people standing there. Now, see those black people have the added benefit of being something that in this country is is far too rare. Uh, They are, what's the word? Oh yeah, the law. Do you know how much (laughs) fear that, this is exactly what white nationals have been fighting against since they started this criminal enterprise. Now, in the case of Louisiana, you're absolutely right, Roland. You're you're not Aaron Larry Bowman, uh, who got hit 18 times with a flashlight by this uh, cop, Jacob Brown, Um, who has tallied 23 use of force violations for Louisiana State Police since 2015, 19 of which have been black people. So, you know, on the ground, it makes a big difference. You know, it's funny, we just passed Prince's birthday this week, so he would have been 64. And we all remember when Prince came to Baltimore, performed his song Baltimore in the wake of what happened to Freddie Gray and the uprising that took place there. And we all went up to Baltimore. And I know we will never forget seeing every kind of police vehicle, tanks, horses on the damn freeway. Where did all these damn police come from? But you know what they faced? They met thousands, tens of thousands of people in the streets of Baltimore that said enough is enough. You know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, none of the societal problems we have are going to be solved overnight. And this is a long distance struggle. It isn't one election cycle. It isn't one protest. It isn't one anything. It is a long distance struggle. And as we'll see tonight with the, uh, uh the January 6th commission, this country suffers too many times from amnesia. And what the White Nationalist Party has done, they've decided we're not even trying to convince anybody. We are gonna cape, Reese framed it beautifully at the beginning of the show. We're gonna cape for what we cape for and damn the rest. Now it's up to the rest of us to decide, okay, we're gonna stop talking to y'all too. It's time to overwhelm you now. And
5: and this this is just another step in that direction. Uh, it is. And so, folks, uh, again, what we uh, just continue to see, folks, uh, is um, uh, j- just the kind of, of behavior that is consistent by police departments around this country um, continues. And then you have those people who say the George Floyd Justice Act isn't important. This is why. And again, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it and not get it, I really don't care. I don't really give a damn if any of you fools out there, y'all do your little little videos and your little bullshit Instagram posts, and you sit here and like, oh, oh, you caping, oh, you bootlicking, all of that. This is very simple. The United States Senate is 50-50 right now. There are two Democrats who do not want to get rid of the filibuster. So for all y'all people... And I see your little bullshit, little tweets, and your little posts on Facebook, and your little IG posts, and your little TikTok videos, and your little Snapchat videos. I see all, I see all, all, all your little BS. And I can call you by names, but I won't because that, that's the most attention you've ever gotten in your life. Yeah, I'm talking to all you so-called new black media people, who I never seem to see show sure about anything black. But your little talk of your miles. Love running your miles on YouTube and Twitter and social media. Here's the thing. For all the things that you claim you want, tell me how you're going to get it. I'll wait. Tell me exactly how you're going to get the things that you claim that you want if you do not change the very people who are in place. Dallas Mayor Ron Kirk, later became trade ambassador, trade representative for uh, President Barack Obama. Ron's among my golf buddies. Ron's like Roland, All that other bullshit don't mean nothing unless you can count votes. And when you can count votes, and you got the votes in your pocket, that's when you know you won. So if I sat here and did some math, and I said, hmm, if the same people who love to post and tweet and run their miles, would actually use that energy to push Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, she'll be the next United States senator, which means you can take one off the board for the Republican Party. And if Fetterman, and there are some issues with Fetterman, but I'll take a Fetterman over Dr. Oz any day, that now takes another Republican off the board. Wisconsin's primary is going to be coming up. The person leading on the Democratic side is Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. So imagine if. Mandela Barnes takes out Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. That's three. You got that fake MAGA fool, J.D. Vance in Ohio. So imagine if black folks and others in Ohio support Congressman Tim Ryan. That's four. And imagine if Democrats in Florida get their act together and Val Demings knocks out Marco Rubio. That's five. Imagine if black people and poor white folks in Kentucky would stop voting against their interests and voting for Rand Paul would instead support Charles Booker. That's six. And imagine if the same black people running their miles, including some folks based in Louisiana, would use the energy to register black people between now and November to support Gary Chambers. You could take out Senator John Kennedy, uh, you know, that, that fake talking fool there as well that's six. You protect Warnock in Georgia, you protect Nevada, New Hampshire, and also you could potentially could take the seat in Missouri. What I'm laying out is if folk actually put the work in, the Senate could potentially look like 5644, 44 57-43, 58-42, 59-41 dim to Republican, dim to Republican. Now, Mansion and cinema don't control the show. But some folk out there love to tweet about what folk not doing, what they should be doing, and who licking boots, and who doing that. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to be the same people posting and tweeting if Republicans control the House and the Senate they're going to be the same ones saying, oh, look at this here. Uh, 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 we cause Democrats to lose. Now what are they going to do? And while the Republican Party is running a train on you, yes, I said that for a reason. While they're running a train on America, you're going to be sitting your happy ass there on social media saying, "See, see, look what I told you. All the while, getting nothing that you claim you want. But go ahead and play around with that America. Because see, I can already pull the story up and show you uh, how the uh, Republican Party, uh, they are already planning. Y- 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 y'all think I'm lying? This is political right here, y'all. Um, uh, they are already planning. Uh, they are already planning. Look, look right here. Look, let, me, let me pull it up. I'm going to show you this here. Just, just in case y'all, y'all y'all, think I'm lying, just in case y'all think uh, I'm lying, that they're already planning what investigations they're going to launch when they take control in 2023. Y'all, they're already planning it. They're going to give Marjorie Taylor Greene her committees back if they take over and she wins in Georgia. They're going to fully endorse and support these white supremacists but y'all go right around and keep playing go go right ahead keep playing and then rerun this video then when I say hashtag we tried to tell you because we're trying to tell you right now but as they say fuck around and find out maybe you understand that language more than anything else You're watching Roland Martin, unfiltered from the Blackstone Network.
13: On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you'll hear from Elizabeth Davis. She left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business.
6: Every day I was looking at my numbers rather than looking at them weekly or or monthly. Um, When you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means
13: your week is going to be off. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. I'm
3: Dr. Greg Carr, and coming up on the next Black Table, we're speaking with Dr. Lucius T. Outlaw, Jr., master teacher and philosopher. He takes us on his journey to discover and celebrate black philosophy.
2: From my undergraduate
9: years at Fisk all the way through my PhD, I was never in a philosophy class where I had a professor who was a person of African descent nor sign a text written by a person of African descent, ever. How he pushed back
3: at those who said there was no such thing and got us all thinking about what it means to be black. That's on the next Black Table, exclusively on the Black Star Network.
5: Bump Patrol Grooming is a men's grooming company that delivers on their promise every day to men everywhere. Everything we do, every product we make is designed to help you present your best self. It's a promise they've kept since 1991 when they first introduced the Bump Patrol brand, the number one men's product for a smooth, bump-free, shave and silky skin. Moves of customers count on their exceptional skin care products, which can be found uh, at more than 30,000 retail stores in more than 50 countries around the world. Now you can have exceptional beard and skin care products that are as unique as you are. Fellas, as we prepare to go back out into the world with COVID restrictions being lifted nationwide, it's time to get our groove back and, yeah, uh, lose that scruffy look. Uh, visit www.patrolgrooming.com to order a Patrol Grooming box and use this discount code, hashtag Roland30, that's hashtag roland 30 for a 30% discount at checkout. And we certainly appreciate Patrol Grooming being a partner with us at Roland Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network.
7: We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network.
13: Hi, I'm Eric Nolan. What's up, y'all? I'm Will Becker. I'm Chrisette Michelle.
1: Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. (laughs)
7: And
12: we are sad. Sad. No, uh,
0: yes. we go. in nice
5: month investigation to the American people. The committee reviewed more than 135,000 documents and interviewed more than 1,000 witnesses, including uh, Trump advisers Jared Kushner, his daughter Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Rudy Giuliani, and former Attorney General Bill Barr. The committee wants to prove former President Donald Trump was at the center of the illegal conspiracy to overturn the 2020 election. What else should we expect to learn from tonight's hearing? Joining me now is Michael Sozan, a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress, where he focuses on democracy and government reform. Michael, glad to have you on the show. Uh, already, uh, Republicans are trying to uh, say that this is, uh, well, they've been saying it since it was, uh, was formed, an illegal committee that they are unjustified. They've got uh, the uh, communications arm of the Republican Party, Fox News, saying they're not going to show uh, the hearings at all. Um, is it too late, though? It's 11 months uh, for it took place on January 6th. Uh, and, uh, and, but is it too late? Uh, has it already been baked in the minds, uh, from your perspective, uh, in terms of how people just feel about this? And, uh, Republicans are saying, hey, focus on inflation, focus on gas prices, focus on baby formula. Uh, Americans don't care about January 6th. Your thoughts?
0: Roland, thanks for having me on. Um, no, I don't think it's too late at all. I think that, of course, it's taken a while for um, the the committee to really dig in and do its investigation. You threw out some really good figures there about, uh, you know, those figures show how deeply this committee has been doing its work. You know, it's had a, the, the key staffers on the committee themselves used to be former prosecutors. So they have been taking their time to uncover as many facts as possible, and they're going to start weaving the facts together for America tonight. And I think that the majority of Americans are going to go into watching these hearings with an open mind. They're going to want to see how the facts come together. They are to, going to want to connect the dots and then they're going to want some accountability. Now, of course, as we know, uh, a big portion of this country, 30 or 40 percent, maybe the Fox News followers, are largely shut off to this. But that still leaves 60 percent of the country that's going to be following it. That's going to be discussing it. And after these hearings happen over the next few weeks and after America learns about the true depths of this conspiracy and how to keep it from happening again, it's going to start conversations everywhere. And hopefully that will have a ripple effect. And hopefully that will start to change some minds of people who we didn't expect to change their minds. But we're starting off with a vast reservoir of people who really do want to know what is going to be revealed from these committee hearings.
5: Uh, And uh, again, what's interesting to me, this continuing continuing, uh, effort to discredit it, is because the people who are trying to do discrediting, they literally are still in power in the United States House. Uh, I was just talking about why we've got to vote in November, these people will be in control, in power, chairing committees, Speaker of the House. Th- these people, they will be in control. Yeah,
0: they will. And they've already, several of the, uh, these MAGA Republicans have already said that they're going to, if they take over the House, they're going to impeach President Biden uh-huh. uh, in the House. So we know what they're already planning and what they're already cooking up. And that just links into this larger, ongoing conspiracy, this effort by Trump and his MAGA allies, the extremist part of the Republican Party, to engineer the results that they want. Um, They tried to do it in 2020 uh, throughout the presidential election cycle. This really came... Obviously, Trump and his allies started doing this before actual Election Day. They did it through Election Day. They did it through January 6th, And this is an ongoing effort, an ongoing conspiracy, where we're seeing um, Republicans, extremists in many states changing their state laws, enacting voter suppression laws, election sabotage laws taking a number of other steps. We've also seen how a number of Trump's extremist allies are actually running for office and becoming their party's nominees, like um, Doug Mastriano, who is the Republican nominee for governor in Pennsylvania. So this is all part of an ongoing plan that I think is really going to be illuminated um, through the course of these hearings. And I think it's really going to help answer the question about how to bring accountability, most importantly, how to keep this from happening again. I don't really care which party tries it. If Democrats try it in the future, then they should be held accountable for it as well. But if, if, if we don't get our hands around this and really see that MAGA extremists are pulling a lot of levers to try to take control of House, the Senate, and especially the presidency in two years, our democracy is going to be in trouble.
5: Also, I keep trying to explain to people that they cannot forget um, what Trump was complaining about. He was complaining about the votes in Fulton County. That's Atlanta. Black people. He was complaining about the votes in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Black people. He was complaining about the votes in Detroit. Michigan. Black people. He was complaining about the votes in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Black people. So when Donald Trump was whining and complaining about the election being stolen, what he was saying to his white supporters, look at what those black people stole from us.
0: Yep, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I research and write about democracy issues and election issues uh, as my full-time job. And what's what I've been saying for a while, and I know that you and many others have, have been talking about this as well, Trump's entire effort, along with his allies, was really an attempt to stop the emergence of a, a vibrant, multiracial America. Um, and they absolutely are trying to uh, they were reacting to the protests uh, a couple of years ago uh, around uh, the murder of George Floyd. There, we've always seen this backlash whenever there's been some sort of progress. But this backlash is very much about trying to keep the emergence of a multiracial society. I think they're, they are very scared of what they saw in Georgia, which elected two Democrats and president biden and there that's why this is all part of a big plan to be able to nullify the votes of millions of americans and overturn valid election results when they when they wanted to and i'm afraid that this could continue in the future unless we really get our hands around this because This goes to the core of our nation. This is the core of what makes us a democracy, which is people should have their right to vote and have their votes count, and to not have leaders overthrow valid results. That's why this should matter to every American.
5: Yeah, and what we have to uh, understand is that uh, these people, and I've been saying this, which is one of the reasons, look, my book is coming out uh, in September called White Fear. They do not like the browning of America. And so they cannot stand the fact that you have an increasing number of Black people and Latino people being elected uh, to office. They can't stand that, and so therefore, uh, this notion of they are taking America from us, so therefore, we must take it back, that's all this whole Make America Great Again crap is all about. They cannot handle the new America.
0: That's exactly right, Roland, and that's why, you know, there's obviously the MAGA wing of the Republican Party has become the dominating force in the Republican Party. And thank goodness that there are some reasonable Republicans, some pro-democracy Republicans, in the party still. And, you know, who, whoever would have thought that some of us would be heralding someone like Congresswoman Liz Cheney as a pro-democracy uh, warrior. But she is an example of somebody who's willing to stand up to the MAGA extremists who tried to overthrow uh, or tried to block the peaceful transition of presidential power. And I feel like there's got to be some sort of alliance amongst uh, progressives and independents and pro-democracy, reasonable Republicans who are not part of the MAGA faction, because uh, if that doesn't happen, then these extremist MAGA politicians, Trump and his allies, are going to continue to do whatever they can. And all they have to do is mess with the election, the election process in just a couple of swing states where their candidates are running, again, for example, in Pennsylvania, where Mastriano was running. All they have to do is, is uh, put in some secretaries of state who oversee the elections inside of states and throw some of the elections towards uh, Trump or the Republican nominee's way. And that's why these hearings are going to be so valuable, because it's going, to sh- it's going to shine a very bright light on those sorts of tactics. And I predict and hope that Americans are going to rise up and say, this can never happen again.
5: Um, I, Greg, I'll start with you. Um, the hearings start in about, in less than 45 minutes. Um, Greg, from a value standpoint, um, what do you think uh, it will provide to Uh, the American people?
3: Well, I have no idea. I don't think there's such a thing as the American people. I think we have the attention spans of fruit fries. I think I was watching Adam Schiff yesterday talk about the fact that they hired a a television producer, a film producer to try to get the message Uh, home.
5: James Goldston, the former president of ABC News.
3: Yes, and and so, you know, I'm listening to you, Mike, and and I read the article that you wrote in The Hill last week about dark money and just thinking about the the primaries we saw all that money that was poured into the LA mayor's election that swayed people's opinion this guy the guy who's running against uh Karen Bass is telling bold faced lies we saw how mass media said well you know they took out the San Francisco progressive D.A. and they, San Francisco sent a message to America and went right across the bay in Oakland, a Black woman, as progressive or more than him, won her primary. And in uh, Contra Costa, another Black woman, as progressive as him, won as well. I'm wondering tonight how we take on the fact that there is no American people. This is the problem Joe Biden has. So I guess I would ask a question, Michael, of you. Uh, when we talk about reasonable Republicans, the reason Fox News isn't showing this tonight is because they live in a different world, and they have declared war. At what point do we say us versus them and stop chasing this, this fantasy called the American people? I know Schiff and them am gonna try to produce this tonight for people to watch, but people not gonna watch. And the money is being poured, into people, even the ones who can't be convinced are being convinced away from their interests, and the people who are holding on to white nationalism are clinging to it, and they can never be persuaded, because the thing they fear the most is including the rest of us. I mean, at what point do we just say, enough, and we just got to fight for this, and there's a there's a us and a them in this?
0: Well, oh. I agree. It's a, it's a high hurdle here, because a lot of people have retreated into their own camps, and you've got the whole Fox News audience who might not even see any of this. But... I think it's incredibly important for Congress to be doing this bipartisan investigation to really lay down the fact to make the factual record for history. And I've got to think that, with a lot of the country watching, and polls have indicated that over 60 percent of of Americans are open. They they want to watch these hearings. They're open to uh, considering the evidence, connecting the dots hearing what this conspiracy was all about and how to make sure it never happens again. I've got to hope that that's going to create some sort of national conversation. And I agree that even as splintered as we are, hopefully the media can focus on it. I mean, look, we remember back to ben- the ben- Benghazi hearings, right? Those were as, um, as partisan as you can get. But the Republicans just stuck with it for years, and they made Hillary Clinton come and testify, in fact. And she did. She testified for approximately 11 hours. She, she, she went and answered their questions. But they just kept talking about it over and over again, and it seeped into the public consciousness. And the, the, the mainstream media covered it nonstop as well. So that's what my hope is here, is that there's enough conversation around this amongst enough of these splintered groups, that there is going there going to be some repercussions from this. But at the tail end of it, if we haven't moved any Republicans any MAGA Republicans, especially out of their camp, then I agree that Democrats or progressives really have to move forward with the narrative that's going to come out of this hearing, which is that this is a deep seated conspiracy amongst Trump and MAGA Republicans. And it's still going on. And we need to do everything we can to stop it. And people need to vote accordingly. Racy.
8: Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Liz Cheney ain't shit, okay? She made one halfway decent decision, but she is still a complete enemy of everything that Black people need from an elected official. She voted against the domestic terrorism bill after the Buffalo um, massacre. She also voted against this great replacement theory, condemnation, even though she tweeted about how thoughts and prayers whatever the hell she says, so fuck her. But as far as these <laughs> hearings are concerned... <laughs> I would be very surprised.
5: Oh! I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
8: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to put that out there because it's still Romar and unfiltered, okay? I just had to represent. But anyway, as far as these hearings are concerned, I hope that they're entertaining. I really do. I hope that there is something really just captivating. I'm encouraged to hear that there's professional movie producers or whoever the situation may be, child, because people want to be entertained right now. If it's not entertaining, nobody gives a damn. So the more theatrical, the more performance, the more captivating, the more juicy, the more tantalizing it is, the better. If this is a serious little um, uh, proceedings that go on and it's dry and boring, it's really going to fall flat, okay, just like the Mueller report did. So the bottom line is where the attention span of this country is right now, the Democrats have a very high bar to clear. Fox News folks ain't watching it. OA and people ain't watching. We ain't gonna get no MAGA Republicans. But if we do get people to recognize the severity, as your guest pointed out, of the Secretary of State's elections that are coming up, of the way that there have been people who are forging electors trying to put forward, forge electors for Donald Trump, uh, and, you know, and how much this is how much is at stake going forward, not just in 2024, but in these midterms, maybe then some good will come out of it. But the reality is that anything as appalling and shocking as we're going... anything that's going to shock and appall us is a feature, not a bug, for the Republicans. It is a blueprint for them. And I highly doubt that they will be less emboldened to try this the next time.
5: All right. Um,
0: You want to follow that up? Well, again, I I, I, agree. I agree with so many of those comments. And I think that this is going to be a high hurdle to, to change minds of, of, of MAGA Republicans. That's not going to happen. But I just really feel that um, These hopefully, as you said, uh, these hearings are going to be well produced. They're going to be gripping. They're going to cause conversation. They're going to allow Congress to to create a record for history about these things, about these crimes, this conspiracy. And I think that that will all be helpful, even if it's at the margins. It's important to do. And it's important also to get accountability. If this can help put pressure on Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice, to bring charges against people, maybe even Donald Trump, that's another beneficial aspect that could come out of it. So um, I'm gonna stay optimistic right now, but still absolutely know about the, the high hurdles that, that exist in front of us.
9: Larry. Yeah, Roland, I think one of the things we have to do is acknowledge all the work of Chairman Thompson from uh, from his years, decades ago, as Alderman in Mississippi to today, He's the, or he was the right person to, you know, put in charge of, of the committee. But the other thing I want to highlight is kind of what Reese talked about in terms of, you know, of Americans. I think that this way is playing on national television at, at night. It reminds me a lot of, you know, these reality TV shows. And one of the things I worry about with Americans is that there is no, you know, twist or turn or kind of definitive moment where they're, 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 a, they're shocked that it will fall on deaf ears. So I'm really curious to see how this plays out tonight. Like many Americans, I have no idea how this is going to go. But I'm assuming there's going to be at least one significant moment where the committee shares some information that Americans didn't know about, particularly as it relates to President Trump. But it is a tall task, and it will be interesting to watch.
0: And what? I agree. I think there are going to be some twists and turns in there. I think there's going to be some very compelling witnesses along the way. They've looked at 140,000 documents and interviewed 1,000 uh, 1, people. There are going to be some things revealed that we don't know, and hopefully the committee will will uh, piece it together in a way that is absolutely compelling for the American people.
5: All right, then. Michael Zozan with the Center for American Progress. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, folks, Uh, a Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate uh, faces several misdemeanor charges for his role in the January 6th insurrection. Ryan Kelly, an ardent defender of Donald Trump, was arrested today in western Michigan. Kelly's participation in the insurrection is documented with photos of him in a baseball cap trying to rally the pro-Trump crowd. He is one of five candidates on the August 2nd Republican primary ballot, the winner will face Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer in November. Uh, folks, you heard uh, Reese mention uh, the Great Replacement Theory. There was a resolution that was uh, put forth by Congressman Jamal Bowman uh, that was voted on today in the U.S. Congress. Uh, it's, it's no shock that Republicans uh, did not support it. Uh, now, this is what he tweeted. I just passed a resolution condemning the Great Replacement Theory for the first time in history. The resolution passed 218 to 205 in the House. I received widespread support from the Democratic Caucus. Uh, that was the first tweet. There were a series of tweets that he actually sent uh, discussing that. Now, again, I, I keep telling y'all, all House Republicans, and yeah, two Democrats voted against the resolution. Who are the two Democrats? Find out, please. Um, Bowman stood firm on his stance against the hateful rhetoric. This is what he said today.
7: It takes two things to kill God, multiple gonna... people whom you don't even know. It takes hate and evil in someone's heart and a weapon of mass destruction in their hands. We know we need gun control. We also need to fight against hate in all of its forms to truly, truly build a multiracial democracy the one that we all want so desperately. Racism, anti-Semitism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, homophobia, and hate in all forms are choking at the promise of our democracy and regressing us into tribalism. We are so much better than that. In Congress, we must treat both the issue of gun control and the root causes of hate. The Great Replacement Theory believes believes that only white people are responsible for progress in our society, and that the growth of a multiracial and multi-religious society is a threat to white people's existence and the health of our nation. This has spread and infected the minds of so many. It is a conspiracy theory used to stoke racially motivated violence all around the world, from Charlottesville to Christchurch, New Zealand, and recently Buffalo, New York, where a white supremacist wrote a 180-page manifesto citing this conspiracy and then drove more than 200 miles where he carried out a mass shooting in New York, not in the South, in New York State. These are no longer fringe elements of our society. The great replacement theory has gone mainstream thanks to right-wing Republican pundits like Tucker Carlson who mentioned these theories more than 400 times on the most watched news network in the country. Top Republican leaders use it as a political weapon. It now threatens our very existence as a democracy and as a society. Our lives and our sense of safety are threatened. Nazi thinking veiled as political banter can no longer go unrecognized and condemned by our nation's legislative body and by the Democratic Party. Our response must be strong and we must demand accountability.
5: who voted uh, against the particular measure. Some Democrats complained uh, with the lumping of this into the gun control legislation. Uh, Representatives Elisa Slotkin of Michigan... uh, Please, come on. Show it up, please. Go to my my iPad. Representatives Elisa Slotkin of Michigan and Jared Golden of Maine, uh, they voted no. Now, Golden previously opposed gun legislation that was passed in the House. Uh, Slotkin said her vote was to protest the way Democratic leadership had lumped the gun control measures together in one package. Uh, So, uh, but again, just so y'all know, Republicans are real clear when it comes to uh, this whole issue uh, of great replacement theory because it appeals to their white nationalist base. That's just the reality. All right, folks, gotta go to break. We come back. Uh, We'll talk about um, strange story of how the post office pulled products that had Black Lives Matter on it? Really? And now they're being sued. We're gonna discuss that next uh, on Roller Mark Unfiltered. Don't forget folks uh, to uh, download the Black Start Network app available on all platforms. Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One and Samsung Smart TV. Uh, come to back me over here. Uh, folks, uh, those of you who sent, uh, the folks who sent in uh, some letters and stuff. Uh, first of all, let me thank um, uh, Perry Echols uh, for, uh, for our check, and uh, Tanya Robinson uh, for the money order. Thank you so very much. Uh, we've got uh, this, I love this here. Uh, got a money order here from uh, Bernice Parrish. She said, keep building up black voices. Thank you. Uh, and so uh, I love how she said, uh, boom, she put in how much she's paid, what her balance is. And so uh, I appreciate that. Thank you so very much. And I told y'all, uh, our supporters give to us in many different ways, and we appreciate every single dollar. Let me see here. as uh, a money order here um, from Dr. Karen Kudge. Uh, she says, thank you for first, thank you for expressing. Uh, the best perspectives of black people on your show. So eloquently, I'm still moved by the ideas you expressed following the Chris Rock slap incident. I especially appreciated how you spoke to brothers directly and gave an example of how Will Smith could have handled the matter of while defending his wife and acknowledging the pain of black women related to hair issues. Your wisdom is rare and deeply appreciated. Enclosed, please find another token of support. Uh, and so we certainly appreciate that. Thank you so very much. Uh, Let's see here, we got a long letter here, y'all. They sent in uh, some photos, uh, and they sent in uh, a check as well. So this is uh, Betty Knowles. Uh, Betty, I appreciate that. And so, uh, let's see here. Uh, So so Betty sent y'all us like family photos. Who is this? This is Jeremiah, Uh, and so, okay, y'all gonna like this one here. So, okay, I gotta do this one here. I'm, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta walk up to the camera. So, uh, Jeremiah, so this is a pretty this is a pretty funny one here. Okay, Anthony, I gotta, no, 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 I gotta do it a separate way, so I gotta do something different, hold on. Y'all gonna get a kick out of this one here. Reese, I don't know if your baby do this. <laughs> I don't know, so it looks like when we are on the show, Jeremiah is all up on the TV screen watching Uncle Roro do what he do. <laughs> so, Betty sent in the photos showing me how Lil' Man is all up on the television uh, when we alive. So, uh, Betty, so Jeremiah is one years old. See, I told y'all, y'all gotta get them young. That's how you keep it for a long time, so. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you so very much, Betty, for sending these photos uh, of Jeremiah. And hopefully uh, y'all are watching the show as we speak. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We'll be right back.
10: A powerful movement is rising across America.
11: From the Mississippi Delta to the Apache stronghold
10: from the homeless encampments of Washington State to the coal fields of Appalachia of West Virginia.
11: We are the 140 million poor and low wealth people in this country. And we are building the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival.
10: On June 18th, ahead of this year's midterm elections, while the Congress is still in session, we will hold a mass poor people's and low wage workers assembly and moral march on Washington to arrest the attention of the nation to put a face and a voice on poverty and low wages in this country.
11: This is a watershed moment for justice and democracy in America. There are those who say that transformative change is impossible, but history teaches us that it is precisely in times like these that people must build a broad and deep movement from the bottom up.
10: We must compel this nation to repent, to lament, and to see the realities that have been hidden for far too long.
11: On June 18th, we will come together to lift the voices of the poor and low-wage workers who know that change is not only possible, it is essential for our survival.
10: We will make the connections to show how systemic racism, poverty, Ecological devastation, the denial of healthcare, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white supremacy are hurting us all. We will show the nation the faces of Americans who cannot afford to go back to normal.
11: We will detail the policies that can move us toward a society that works for everyone and we will pledge to go home and build power for transformative change in this year's election and for years to come.
10: Because the question should have never been, how much will it cost to address poverty? The real question is, how much is it costing us not
11: to? Somebody's been hurting our people. It's gone on far too long.
10: And we won't be silent or unseen anymore.
11: Join us in D.C. on June 18th.
10: Build with us for a third reconstruction in America. Visit poorpeoplescampaign.org.
5: What's up, y'all? I'm Will Packard. Hello, I'm Bishop T.D.J. What up? Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. (laughs) All right, folks, uh, welcome back uh, to uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, now, in Arizona, a Trump-backed U.S. Senate candidate assaulted a man in a Black Lives Matter T-shirt at a GOP event. Watch this. But dad, no, hey, hey, oh, get out of here. Oh. Hey, 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 <laughs> Out! here. get out. out. Okay, lock the door. Come on. You can't Come on. hit a woman. What the hell's wrong with you? Who do you think you are? Move. You know what? I'm a retired policeman. Your conduct is, is a poor. Masters claimed a 73 year old protester punched a woman moments before the recording and he had to intervene this is the same black masters black Blake who blame gun violence in America on black people yep that's the same one and of course there's no shock that that's who Donald Trump has endorsed uh for the United States Senate this is one of the four uh seats Democrats uh, hold right now that they are trying to hold on to uh in the midterm elections yeah that's uh, that's, today's black, that's today's Republican Party, just so you know. Uh, you see right there how people really get all bent out of shape uh, when it comes to Black Lives Matter. We've seen people uh, actually try to paint over images on streets where they have it just outside of our studios here in Washington, D.C. We're on Black Lives Matter Plaza, uh, and some have called for that to be taken up. Well, a California businessman is suing the U.S. Postal Service for seizing boxes containing Black Lives Matter mask. Renee Cadones, shipment to demonstrators in St. Louis, Washington, D.C., New York City, and Minneapolis were labeled seized by law enforcement in 2020. Renee is the owner of Movement Inc. He joins me from Oakland, California, uh, along with his attorney, Jabba Aveli. Hope I got it right. Uh, Jabba, did I get it right?
14: As close
5: Say Sue Ash- First of all, go ahead and pronounce it. Let I'll, I'll me so get it right.
14: It's
5: Java Sitsu Ashavili. Okay, Java. We got it. All right then. So there you're go. with the Institute for Justice uh, in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. So Renee, what 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 happened? Y- you were shipping masks. How how did they seize them? Well. Actually, that's a
12: question we would like to know as well. Um, It was a typical order. Uh, I've been shipping with the Postal Service for many years at that same post office. Um, We were shipping masks right at the beginning of the raging pandemic to protect communities that were out there protesting the police violence against unarmed Black and Brown men in our communities. And, um, you know, it was just face masks that... We printed for the BLM movement.
5: And so they, they seized them. Uh, and so, how long did they hold them? And then, what reasoning did they give for this? Well, I think they held them for
12: about 24 hours. But the way that we had shipped them, they were supposed to arrive the following morning. So, because the protest began the following day. Um, so, holding them for any amount of time and delaying them really put our community at risk. Um, but in terms of the reasoning that they gave us, they the Post Office said that they resembled packages that could have been unmailable material, whatever that means, and that they were going to uh, high, high drug traffic areas. I mean, I think everywhere in America can be considered a high drug traffic area.
5: So, mask. We're going to a high traffic area. High. I, I don't even even knowing what the hell that means. Jabba, your thoughts?
14: Yeah, sure. So, you know, just to even find out this information was was a long haul for Renee. He had to submit, you know, Freedom of Information Act requests, appeal. Um, you know, how much of those requests were then redacted, but ultimately. You know, what we learned through the Postal Service's own internal notes was that they had no legitimate reason or no, you know, or, or any um, actual suspicion to, in, that would justify these seizures, right? Their own notes say, like Renee, like Renee mentioned, that, they, that, the, uh, that the packages were being shipped from one high drug area to another. Um, now, frankly, that could apply to just about any large city or maybe even just about any city um, in the country. Um, the other justifications were um, just as absurd. They said that the reasons were that the boxes were um, taped on all sides. So again, that applies to, that could apply to just about any Amazon package that we all get every day. Um, and they said that the masks were sent by a frequent shipper of packages, which again... That could apply to any small or large business in the country. So, so at the end of the day, you know, even crediting the Postal Service's own explanations and internal explanations for what happened here, this was a egregious and blatant violation of the Fourth Amendment's protections against unreasonable and suspicionless seizures and searches of personal property.
5: Um, it, it so their explanation again for w- w- given and so are they suggesting that your suit is without merit?
14: Well they haven't responded to the suit yet we filed the suit last week. Um, they have um, 60 days to file a, a formal response in court to the suit So we'll see what exactly you know they say in response but frankly what we're what we're expecting is not a response on the merits, a response that tries to justify their conduct, what we're expecting is them to invoke various court-created immunities that protect federal officials from lawsuits at all. Um, You know, uh, many people have probably heard of qualified immunity, which shields law enforcement and other government officials from lawsuits and makes it really hard to sue them. Well, in a situation like this, where you're suing federal officers, there's uh, a, and even uh, there's a, there's an added layer of immunity known as Bivens immunity. So what we're expecting them to do is invoke various kinds of um, you know essentially um, essentially non-hers based justifications for why this suit should be tossed out.
5: Renee, have you had any issues with your packages since?
12: Well, we really don't use the Postal service anymore. There's other private shipping companies that we prefer to use now because of this
5: all right then well look uh we will certainly uh keep us abreast of what happens uh in this particular case here uh it is still strange that there was a mask and all of a sudden there was a problem uh shipping them so uh thank you so very much thank you all right renee Jabba, thank you so very much all right folks um let's uh, it's a story of tennessee that i've found to be quite interesting and weird and that is um, the only black-owned radio station in Tennessee is at risk of losing its license from the Federal Communications Commission. The FCC is threatening to revoke Joe Armstrong's license for WBJF after Armstrong failed to report his conviction for falsifying tax returns. Armstrong's lawyer, Andrew Ward, defended Armstrong in this statement. He said, this conviction has nothing to do with the station, and we believe it is an injustice to use this against him. Continues to provide a, he continues to provide a valuable service running WJBE, which is important to the community of Knoxville. He served his probation successfully, paid his fine, and has and had his civil rights restored. He has done everything to the the criminal justice system has asked him to do. Now Armstrong revived the radio station in 2012, owned by James Brown in the 60s and 70s. WBJF was the only black-oriented uh, radio station uh, in East Tennessee. Now, now what's strange here, Larry, is that they say that. He didn't note this on subsequent paperwork about this ta- tax issue. But this is not like it was a violation of indecency standards. Uh, so, you know, I can get it if you say we'll issue a fine, but literally snatching the license?
9: So I guess Republicans wouldn't consider this overreach because <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't add up. And so, as the attorney highlighted, the, the two issues are, are not related. In addition, you highlighted that this station plays a critical role as it relates to the important topics, information, relaying information to the Black community. So this station is a community jewel. And as you highlighted before, it's been around for decades. So once again, this this is an overreach by the by, the government and I had it. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm sorry to hear this that they're trying to take the license away, but I'm hoping some uh, federal officials will, you know, send a letter to find out what's going on and support efforts to make sure that he can keep his license and the station can continue to provide a vital vital resource in the black community.
5: Rizy,
8: yeah, you know, I when when. Did the FCC start doing anything again? I haven't heard about shit that they're doing. So this whole dims the Rules situation when it comes to a black radio station is very convenient. So this definitely just seems excessive, and it's in the public interest to have a black-owned radio station operating. And so hopefully the owner... You know, you're not supposed to falsify documents. I understand that. You're supposed to follow the rules. I understand that. But at the end of the day, this is um, a, a major... Uh, factor in terms of Black-owned radio. And so hopefully they do the right thing on this one, because we know that there's... Donald Trump, goddamn, didn't pay his taxes, and he has all kinds of tax shit, and he's still off somewhere getting Secret Service protection, living his best life. So I think they can go ahead and and find somebody else to have the license or whatever fine they have to get through, do that, because this is this is definitely excessive.
3: Greg. I agree. I mean, again, I mean, this is where we have to, the words you used earlier, pressure, is very important. It's extremely important. I mean, is he being persecuted? I mean, this is a guy who was a Democratic state rep in Tennessee. Uh, they convicted him in 2016 of making a false statement on his 2008 tax return because he had failed to disclose some income based on selling some cigarette tax stamps that wasn't illegal to do. And then he filed later uh, he, he he paid, he paid you know, for what he had done, and then he filed later uh, in terms of FCC filings related to the station, and he filed a little late. And you look at it and say, well, th- this is kind of a technicality. Why are y'all drilling down on this? And you can't help but think it's political. Um, and parenthetically, uh, the, the previous story that you covered, Roland, talking there about the brother from the West Coast, you heard the counselor evoke the Bivens rule. This is what Reese was talking about. This is what Reese was talking about at the beginning of the show, the Egbert versus Boulay decision that the Supreme Court put down last week. uh, No, yesterday on the Fourth Amendment, unreasonable search and seizure. I'm raising that to say that, you know, as the government begins to or continues to kind of try to protect itself from doing whatever the hell it wants to do, whether it be federal border agents in terms of the application of Bivens in that case or in the one we just heard, opening your mail and having somebody pay for something that they already paid for in terms of the uh, damn uh, post office, or, in this case, having something else that we paid for, namely federal oversight in terms of the FCC, used as a cudgel against a black man in East Tennessee with a black radio station, you can't help but sit back and think think to yourself, is this a matter of the rules? Or is this just a matter of politics being uh, played? And so, whereas Congressman Barbara Lee intervened in this post office case and they forced them to at least say, well, your package looks suspicious, which got them a step further, or whether, in this case, we need to put the hammer down on whoever is over the FCC and perhaps get some members of Congress to write some letters over there on behalf of uh, one-time Representative Armstrong, we've got to get involved in the political process and put pressure on people, because this this is patently absurd.
5: Yeah, uh, uh, and again, folks, uh, understand the FCC governs all broadcast licenses. So we're talking about radio stations, television stations. They don't govern cable. Uh, And so, y'all, pulling of a license is extremely rare. I mean, it is uh, very, very rare when that action is taken uh in this country and so uh we'll see uh what happens there i gotta go to break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about uh this georgetown professor uh who acted a fool over judge katante brown jackson uh they suspended him then they he got reinstated then he quit then he went over to the manhattan institute with a whole bunch of other races so we'll tell you about that and Reese, you may have to stop cussing because uh when betty sent this letter this is what she said uh that uh, that uh, uh, the little man, uh, Jeremiah, she said, I have a granddaughter who has a 15-month-old son. She works at night and I take care of him uh, night she works. He's an energetic intelligent boy. He comes running when he hears your music. He loves to look at you on your, in- on your introduction to your show. His name is Jeremiah and he is so excited and happy when he sees you, as you can tell by the pictures I enclosed. He pays attention to everything you say.
8: <laughs> well, just mute me. You can mute One me. One has to me. wonder
5: if uh, if you somehow are reaching him uh, on a level that we cannot understand. Uh, and so she uh, sent the, the photos uh, in her donation. That's Betty Knowles and JJ. So, look, Reesey, you know, you're going you gonna to have to, like, you know, sign language your cussing. So Jeremiah uh, ain't, ain't hearing this on Thursdays. <laughs> okay <laughs> let me also uh shout out uh sule uh craig williams and todd williams uh and uh, so i appreciate uh your donation uh and let's see here uh okay who's this here they sent some cash uh ardo's plumbing they sent a whole bunch of cards so sent they cash and they said every single step you take gets you closer to your goal so uh, I appreciate that. Then let's see here, who is this here? Uh, okay, that's the same thing. Uh, AJ Qatar, AJ Qatar. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, same thing, there were two, so there were two, I appreciate that. Uh, let's see here. Roland, thank you for this platform of truth. Sincerely, uh, truth be told, I read him earlier. George Daniels, I uh, love the work that you do, your staff are doing, keep up the good work. God bless you all. George Daniels, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Hello, sending RMU show. This gift in support of all you do. May God continue to bless you, your family, staff, uh, and fans. Uh, and uh, Tanya Robinson, Tanya, I appreciate that. Yes. And Larry and, and, and Greg, uh, we got a frat brother uh, who, sent this, who sent this here, uh, and they just they went all out. Uh, let's see, uh, uh, hello Roland, I gained much insight from watching you and all your broadcasts, uniform, you educate, uh, and catechize current racial events in a profound manner. Now you know that's an alpha, using a word that's spelled C-A-T-E-C-H-I-Z-E. A Sigma oh. wouldn't do that. Oh, wait. I a, a, Sigma, a Sigma would never use that word. Uh, I'm offering this donation to help keep the information flowing. Uh, and uh this is Merle. Uh, uh, that's, uh a loving show uh and shout out to Dr. Jackie. So uh no, yeah, Merle is so I guess Merle is uh a Delta. So is Merle J, hey, J Lucky. All right, so again, all right then, well, cool. And so these and these were greetings cards done by lydia hallam okay all right lydia well that's nice we're gonna find out uh, what you do these greeting cards so always give give a shout out y'all okay real quick break we coming back uh with our last story you're watching roland martin unfiltered on the black star network alphas run this joint
13: on the next get wealthy with me deborah owens america's wealth coach you'll hear from elizabeth davis She left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business. Every day I was
6: looking at my numbers rather than looking at them weekly or or monthly. Um, When you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day. Because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means your week is going to be off.
13: That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Uh, it's Kim
5: Whitley. Yo, what's up to your boy Ice Cube? Hey, yo, Peace World, what's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Rolla Martin Unfiltered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you. <laughs> Dasila Lewis of Tallahassee, Florida, has been missing since June 6, 2022. The 15-year-old is 4 feet 11 inches tall, weighs 90 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Dasila was last seen wearing a white T-shirt with the words, love and sweet, in red and black writing and white shorts. Anyone with information about Dasila Lewis should call the Leon County, Florida Sheriff's Office at 850-606-5800. Eight five zero alright you All right, y'all. Uh, Georgetown uh, professor, uh, university law professor, says he's a free man after resigning from the university this week. Ilya Shapiro's resignation comes months after the controversial tweets he made about President Biden choosing, quote, a lesser black woman for Supreme Court justice. He said, quote, because Biden said he's only considered black women for SCOTUS, this nominee will always have the asterisk attached Fitting that the court takes up affirmative action next term. Objectively best pick for Biden is Sri uh, Sri, 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 uh who is, give me one second, uh, who is solid uh, Prague and very smart, even has identity politics benefit of being first Asian, uh, parentheses, in American, but alas, does not fit into the latest inter- intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get lesser black woman. Thanks, heaven, for small favors. Shapiro was scheduled to start work at the university on February 1st, but was immediately placed on administrative leave while the university Investigators his remarks. People were very pissed off, many students and faculty. The investigation concluded last week, and Shapiro was reappointed to his position, but he resigned, claiming the university was a place that did not value free speech. Now, the university responded, saying, Georgetown urges members of our community to engage in robust and respectful dialogue. Our speech and expression policy promotes free and open inquiry, deliberation, and debate, and does not prohibit speech based on the person presenting ideas or the content of those ideas, even when those ideas may be difficult, controversial, or objectionable. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, Shapiro, y'all, uh, did announce the next day he was taking a job at the Manhattan Institute. Hmm, who works at the Manhattan Institute? Oh, Christopher Rufo the one who's been leading the charge against critical race theory, and also Heather McDonald, that white nationalist, white woman, who's always talking about policing and blaming everything on black people. This ain't no shock uh, where he ended up here, Greg.
3: John McWhorter used to work for I wonder if he's still over there. He's still there, John McWhorter. He's still there. Oh, yeah. But you know what's interesting, Roland? I'm not torn about this. I mean, you know, I have uh, friends on the faculty at Georgetown Law and... It is difficult because this guy has a platform. He he wrote he wrote op eds about this in the Wall Street Journal. Um, he supported this guy at Princeton uh, named Katz, who came out against critical race theory. And it becomes difficult, I think, because part of the thing that he used to defend himself at, at Georgetown, he said there are professors on this faculty who came out strongly uh, against the leaked opinion in Roe versus Wade. And he evoked up a, 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 a professor, I think, in the School of Foreign Relations or, or Foreign Service at Georgetown and said, you didn't do anything to her. I think what drove this more than anything else was student complaints. So we have to be, I think, careful because we live in a society where, yes, this might be very satisfying in this specific instance, but you know how many black women and men on faculties around this? Uh, country have been assaulted claiming that they are outlandish and I, I think you know it's it, it, I have to sit back and think about this for a minute because I think it was the student complaints that really kind of pushed Georgetown yeah. to act as
5: quick as it did. And the did uh, Larry uh, you're on faculty there we're living in a world where students ain't taking the same shit they did before the, the, the students are not like shut up be quiet they're the faculty no there are students who are saying I'm sorry I don't want to be taught by a racist so something similar happened
9: at a UCF, a uh, professor who was tweeting a bunch of nonsense and eventually was fired from UCF. Unfortunately, he was re- recently reinstated. So I, I think I want to go back to this story. is If you're going to tweet about black folks, make sure you capitalize the B, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, Roland, you're right. I work in higher education. If, com- if students complaints, you have a problem. <laughs> and so he found out quickly. I think the interesting thing is he had he made sure he had somewhere soft to land before he got out of there, uh-huh. right? So that's the really key thing to keep in mind is he already had a job, job set up and he wrote all those op-eds in Washington, uh, Wall Street Journal, etc. but he knew he had a place, he already had a place to go. He probably signed a contract, already had a handshake agreement. So he's not like he's out, you know, really sacrificing himself on behalf of right-wingers. He's really just... Toting so the same line we hear about CRT yep, and yep. Um, also, you know, denigrating black folks,
5: et I, I want to give Reese the opportunity to chat real quick because the, uh, the the Democrats are coming into the hearing. Go ahead and pull it up, please. you your comment on this issue.
8: I'll keep it quick. Go to hell. Yeah. He just wants to be a victim because ultimately, Dr. Carr, he got his job. He decided he wanted to quit so that he can be a martyr of sorts for, you know, anti woke, whatever the situation may be. So here's another white man getting to say whatever the hell he wants to say, no matter how racist it is, and the reparations paying Georgetown, let it slide. That's the story of white people in academia.